Welcome to Talk World Radio, a half-hour discussion of politics as if the people mattered. I'm David Swanson. This week on Talk World Radio, Russia Gate and why it won't just go away. Our guest is Ray McGovern. He was an infantry intelligence officer in the early 60s, became a CIA analyst. His duties eventually included chairing national intelligence estimates and preparing the president's daily brief. He conducted the one-on-one morning briefings of President Reagan's five most senior national security officials, including Vice President Bush, from 1981 to 1985. In retirement, Ray co-founded Veteran Intelligence Professionals for Sanity, VIPS, an attempt by intelligence veterans to hold former colleagues to account for, quote, fixing intelligence to justify wars like Iraq. His website is raymcgovern.com. Ray, welcome back to Talk World Radio. Thanks, David. Thanks for coming on again. Thanks for everything you've been doing. Uh, your recent article that I really want to talk about was in antiwar.com, and it was titled The Guardian Regurgitating the Russiagate Canard. Can you explain? Sure. Uh, if there's one discredited journalist in Britain, and there are many, uh, one holds the distinction for being the, the most egregiously uh, disingenuous and discredited. His name is Luke Harding. Uh, my best, my favorite Russian expert, when I asked him about this latest one, said, look, I, when I saw the, the name Luke Harding, I wouldn't read the thing. It's, it's, all, it's all trash, or as the British say, it was rubbish. So what he is doing is trying to <laughs> pretend uh, that someone in the Kremlin had given a sheaf of documents which show exactly what happened. My God, you know, incredibly prescient including the business about stirring stirring animosity within the United States, uh, doing all kinds of terrible things, which is what the Russians, of course, did in trying to help Trump win the election. Now, David, it's a real problem uh, because people don't understand that there is such a thing as objective truth, <laughs> and they can't get it from the mainstream media. Uh, hello? Okay. And they have to either reason to it or tune in to David Swanson's program or something like that to get it. And even very progressive people. I did a, yeah, I, I did a lecture out for Veterans for Peace out in Seattle three years ago, and I titled it um, "Can you Can you handle the truth on Russiagate?" It was that, you know, take off on that old film. And I, I went round down the line, uh, this three years ago, and at the end, I thought I was being really persuasive. And guess what? All these progressive folks couldn't handle the truth. They couldn't handle it. And I'll go back to that maybe a little bit because I've learned a little bit more since. But I think people need to realize that this started out back in June, July, of 2016. Now, the catalyst was uh, Julian Assange announced that he had emails related to Hillary Clinton, his words, and they were pending publication. That was on the 12th of June. Now, the 14th of June, you had this 
CrowdStrike outfit that has a dubious reputation saying, oh, we have evidence uh, that, that these emails came from a Russian hack. And then lo and behold, the next day on the 15th of June, Lucifer 2.0 arises from the ashes. Okay. Now, I don't know who Lucifer 2.0 is. I'm not sure Joe Biden knows. I am sure that John Brennan, James Comey, those guys know. Okay. But anyhow, he had adulterated uh, sort of formats from Microsoft type things, which had Cyrillic on them. And they showed, they pretended, that the Russians were behind this. As a matter of fact, just so nobody would draw any other conclusion, the name of the first Russian head of the KGB, it was called the Cheka in those days, Felix Amundovich Zerzhinsky, his first name and patronymic <laughs> were on this, on this format. So either the Russians were incredibly clumsy, which the Russian intelligence service are not noted to be, or somebody want to make damn sure these dumb Americans realize this this is evidence, it's a relic, yeah, this is the Russians doing it. So that's how it all started. Now, what would Hillary Clinton do? My God. Emails pertaining to Hillary Clinton. Oh, my God. If they have the DNC emails, my God, if they have the DNC emails, they will show how I, well, how the how the things were stacked against Bernie. Well, how I stole the nomination from him. I mean, let's let's be clear with the primaries. I mean, I, I mean, if there's chapter and verse in it, my God, what are we going to do? So again, mid June, the convention, Democratic convention, was to start July twenty fifth. We only have what's that? I do the math. Okay, what seven weeks or so? What are we going to do? <laughs> Somebody around the table, I know Hillary, I know. What's, what's that? Blame it on Russia. Blame it on the Russians. For God's sake, it's not the Russians, it's WikiLeaks. No problem. We hate WikiLeaks almost as much as we hate the Russians. We'll say the Russians hacked in, gave the take to WikiLeaks, so they publish it to discredit you and help tr Trump in his campaign. So Hillary looks around, she said, anybody got any better ideas? Oh, okay, we'll go with it. Now, how do I know that they went with it? <laughs> well, as soon as the emails were, were published by WikiLeaks, who received it, by the way, from an exterior storage device, a thumbnail, a, a thumb thing or something, you know. Anyhow, uh, as soon as they were published on the 22nd of July, so three days before the Democratic Convention, all hell broke loose. The New York Times and the New York Post and the Washington Post, they're all primed. The headlines rang, why did Russia do this? Why did Russia do this? Why did Russia do this? And uh, John McCain said, this is an act of war by Russia, act of war. What were they obscuring? <laughs> Reg, if I could just stop you for a second, as I want this story to continue, uh, we're speaking with Ray McGovern, but as you'll recall, and very, very, very few people will recall, the response of some of us at this point in time was, 
who the heck cares who did it? We owe them a debt of gratitude. We <laughs> ought to know what nefarious, secretive uh, scheming and, and plotting and unfair biasing of elections our political parties that run this country are up to. Whoever's making this public, showing us how the Democratic Party operates, we ought to be thanking them. Uh, and if it came from Russia, well, that'll be interesting. Let's see some evidence. That's another question. But how does that question erase the content of the emails? What? That was the most bizarre thing. Once you scream Russia, <laughs> you're not allowed to look at the emails anymore. I mean, that was not just a false claim. That was a weird twist of thought, wasn't it? Yeah, do you remember the, the film uh, Magnificent Obsession? Well, this was a magnificent diversion, okay? The whole point of it was to blame it on the Russians so that nobody would read the emails. Now, as I said before, the emails showed definitively that Hillary had stolen the nomination from Bernie Sanders, and that's what she was so so worried about. My God, that's that's why they had to divert the attention. And, uh, you know, it... it uh, it really resonated with everyone because she had to figure out something to do, and she did. Now, the Russians were easy prey. Uh, we had, uh, well, the head of national intelligence who knows all about Russia. His name was James Clapper. And just in case people don't know how much an expert on Russians James Clapper was, I'm going to read you what he told uh, Chuck Todd uh, right after he retired. He said, you know, um, we know the Russians were doing, in the context of everything else, we know the Russians were going to interfere into the election. You know why? Just the historical practices of the Russians, who typically are almost genetically driven to co-opt, penetrate, gain favor, whatever, which is a typical Russian technique so we were concerned. Now, Clapper isn't the sharpest knife in the drawer. He might actually believe this, okay? <laughs> I mean, racist as it is, he might believe this. But the other guys, uh, Comey and uh, Brennan of the CIA, and this, but they, were, they were actually really hell-bent on helping Hillary win. And so the whole thing was divert attention from the emails. Now, just take a step back and ask a question. Uh, did it, did it hurt Hillary? You know, whoever was responsible, as you point out, well, they were authentic. Nobody claimed they weren't authentic. The five cheap people of the DNC quit on the spot. What does that tell you? Okay. Now, I know a lot of people that campaigned really hard for more than a year for Bernie. Okay. They're Democrats. I don't know about a lot about such things in domestic politics, but I know a lot of friends who wouldn't go near the voting booth to vote for Hillary after they found out, after they read the emails. There were some people that read the emails, okay? So my conclusion, yeah, I probably heard her, but your question is, were they authentic? Yeah, they were authentic. Should the Americans have known about this? Well, I think so. I mean, why didn't Bernie... <laughs> well, I, I won't get into that, but Bernie was such a terrible disappointment. Anyway, well, he could have stood up at the convention and said, look, this is really bad. This is really bad, and read, read some of the emails. Anyhow, what happened was this. Uh, during the convention itself, 
uh, Hillary decided we're going to push this Russian thing real, real hard. Okay. Now we know that because everyone was briefed on it. Uh, this guy, David Sanger, in the New York Times came out with a big thing about the Russians interference that same day that she announced, it, I think it was the 26th of July, 2016. And guess what? The Russians, the Russian intelligence prepared a, a, a brief for their superiors. Hillary Clinton is going to blame everything on uh, the Russians. Okay. And how do I know that? Because the director of national intelligence released the Russian report. And why did he release the Russian report? Well, because the American people were entitled to do this. And besides that, it came from a leak. Now, it came from a leak. What does that mean? That means somebody with the intelligence community was so distraught about what was going on that they decided to leak the Russian version of what Hillary had done and uh, have it get, get played in the press. Now, how do I know that? Well, I know that because I know that when somebody leaks something, there's a crimes report, okay? It's, it's, it's the law, it's the regulation. You have to send a crimes report to the uh, Department of Justice and the FBI is supposed to follow up on it. That was done. Obama was briefed on it. That's also required in something serious like this. So you have David Sanger and the Russians all at the same time, end of July, during the Democratic Convention, uh, saying, okay, this is this is what's going on. Uh, be prepared. Uh, we're going to blame it on the Russians. Now, I had the privilege, because I, I lived in Washington for so long, of visiting meetings or soirees or um, whatever, uh, including ones run by Podesta and Hillary's old think, think tank, if you can call it that. So I want to just quote something that nobody knows about because they weren't there. I was there, okay? I asked a question toward the end, but didn't get much resonance. But Jennifer Palmieri, who is Hillary Clinton's PR person, was there. And she had just written a, a really interesting Washington Post feature saying, man, I just feel so proud of how we told the American people about Russian hacking and Russian interference in the election. So it was all that kind of tenor. And here's, a, I, I wrote, wrote it up because it was really, really important. Uh, this is what she said. Uh, uh, the idea behind Trump campaign coordinating with Russia to defeat Hillary Clinton, that was too fantastic for people to, mm, for the press to mm, process to absorb. But I went around on my little golf cart to all the outlets at the convention, tried to sell this story, and no one would believe it. But when we got back to Brooklyn, ah, Brooklyn's where the campaign headquarters were, got back to Brooklyn, and then we heard from the intelligence people and the people in the press who work with the intelligence people and what we learned about the dossier and other storylines that were swirling around and how to process, how to do And along the way, the administration started confirming these stories. So now you're into August, you're into September, and the administration is starting to confirm these stories. Well, long story short, it gets down to just before the election and the stories are going and then everybody's trying to uh, blame Trump for cavorting with the Russians and the Russians for interfering. 
But you know, the Americans didn't give a, didn't give a, didn't give a rat's patootie. Okay, what they cared about was something else, and they voted for Trump anyway. Now, what did that mean? That meant that these guys, you know, Trump called Comey and Brennan and Clapper, uh, what do you call them? Dirty cops, dirty cops. Well, David, I know a lot of dirty cops in the Bronx where I grew up that would be very offended to be to be compared with, with Comey and Clapper and, and Brennan. These guys were, they were out to make sure Hillary won. They were afraid of Trump. They couldn't figure out what Trump would do. They might lose their jobs, for God's sake. So the big thing was something that was admitted, actually, by Comey in his book. He wrote a book about a year later. And he said, you know, this is a quote, I was operating under the assumption that Hillary Rodham Clinton would be the next president of the United States. End quote. Okay. Now they all were. Everyone was. And so if that's your assumption, you help her win, discredit Trump, and you get promoted, you stay in place, you, you, you get an award, you won't get indicted. <laughs> then what happens? Oh, my God, Trump wins. What do you do then? Then you cover your tracks. Then you do everything you can to make sure that Trump can act as president. You try to undermine him at every point. And I should say right now, uh, because I'm getting into dangerous territory. I can see people getting their backs up and hair going out of the back of the neck, okay? I think Donald Trump was the worst president the United States ever had, and that's saying something. I know a little bit about US, U.S. history. Uh, and what you're hearing is an analysis by someone who's used to analyzing things in a nonpartisan, tell-it-like-it-is fashion. I hate it that the Democrats act that way. I mean, my father was a, my father cried right. when I died, okay? So I'm a long, long-term person that used to be very inclined toward the Democrats. So, so just to clear the air there, uh, what I'm saying here is that we have further proof now that the whole thing uh, was, was uh, invented, uh, that G Palmieri admitted that that's what she was tasked to do and what she did so so bravely and so successfully and she finished this thing i, I just really she finished this a little uh Ray, before we go too terribly long if i could just squeeze in really quickly i think a key question for most people is not the motivations and who said what first but the proof or lack thereof mm -hmm. uh, because most people hear your account and they think well yes and it was all proven and documented and pinned down and indisputable uh, whereas the fact was that there was never actually any evidence be behind the claims, correct? That's right. Yeah. Uh, in a thumbnail, you have the reports that the DNC computers and servers were hacked, okay? Now, James Comey, head of the FBI at the time, uh, didn't want to get in there and investigate those computers. Why? Well, I'll leave that to you to surmise. Pick this CrowdStrike outfit to do the job, a very dubious outfit which had been wrong on many accounts, but always very, very anti-Russian, okay? And for the whole schmear then, not only Comey, but his, his best friend Bob Mueller, 
depended on this CrowdStrike. Now, get this. The 5th of December, 2017. 17. The head of CrowdStrike, Sean Henry, under oath, is asked, what about the Russian hacking? He says, well, actually, uh, we've looked at all those computers and servers. There was no hacking. Exfiltration is the fancy word for it. No, no exfiltration. Not by the Russians? No, not by the Russians. Not by anybody. We have no evidence that those emails were exfiltrated through a hack. Whoa. Okay. December 5th. Was there much media reporting of this? 17. Somehow or other, um, the media missed that because Adam Schiff, who was head of the Senate Intelligence Committee by then, uh, held it close to his chest. Finally, Trump uh, appoints a new director of national intelligence. And in May of 2020, so December, <laughs> two years later, do the math, all right? May of 2020, um, Adam Schiff releases Sean Henry, head of Trout Strikes, testimony. Now, my God, you know, I look at that, write about it right away, and wait for the New York Times take on this. Uh, hello? Still waiting. <laughs> it's completely suppressed from the media. Now, get this. 2020, May 7th. So that's 14 months more, okay? Now, why was it suppressed? Well, the election was coming up. The election was coming up. And uh, you didn't want Russiagate uh, to fall apart. You wanted to still be able to use it against Trump. And so Adam Schiff had to release this stuff. But luckily, the New York Times did the rest of the deal. So two and a half months, Adam Schiff. But now we have a year and two months by the New York Times. You're, most of you listeners probably don't know that there is actually no evidence at all, according to the head of CrowdStrike, the cyber firm that looked into it, that the Russians or anyone else hacked those emails. Which leaves the question, of course, how did they get to WikiLeaks? And President, President Obama, two days before he left office, said at a press conference, you know, uh, uh, the conclusions of the intelligence community with respect to how WikiLeaks got those emails are inconclusive. Huh? Okay, he's a lawyer, right? He's talking about inconclusive conclusions, right? Why do you do that? I guess he's a lawyer, he's his own patootie, okay? But <laughs> if you got inconclusive conclusions, that didn't, pre that didn't prevent my former colleagues in the CIA from drawing up this, this assessment originally acclaimed by Hillary Clinton as being all 17 intelligence agencies of our government. And then five months later, James Clapper said, well, actually with only three, and actually it was only handpicked analysts from those three. And now we know from the testimony of Kash Patel, that it amounted to four or five analysts working for CIA director John Brennan. That's how... That's how bogus that was, and that's how it never deserved the, the title Intelligence Community Assessment. Assessment was right. That means 
well, in the old army, we used to say the swag factor, the scientific wildest guess. That's what a, what assessment is. Assessments uh, have degrees of confidence. Uh, Ray, with about four minutes left, has the Guardian not reproven all of this stuff redundantly, uh, brought out solid new evidence with bits of stuff written in Russian to prove it once again? Well, Luke Harden and the and the Guardian have no shame. Uh, you know, the first thing I I thought of was, uh, you know, have you finally no shame? The question during McCarthy. Um, they're way out on a limb. Uh, they have made all kinds of strange assertions, like uh, Manafort visited uh, my friend Julian Assange in the embassy. Uh, it, all these things are completely proven wrong, yet they never retract it. It doesn't matter. Uh, people read the story and they believe it. And the, if there is a retraction on page 19, uh, people don't read that or pay little attention to it. So it's the media. You know, I, I talk now about not the MIC, the military industrial complex. And I'm remembering the military industrial complex forum that you ran, uh, David, about 11 years at, ago. At 50. We're now over 60, right? <laughs> oh, it's over 60. Yeah. But it's no longer the MIC. It's the Mickey Matt. You got a pencil? Okay, you want to take this down. <laughs> it's the Military Industrial Congressional Intelligence Media Academia Think Tank Complex. Now, why do I say media, all caps? Because that's the linchpin. That, that, that's what makes it all possible. And the media is run by the conglomerates that run the rest of the Mickey Mat. That's what we're in now. And without programs like yours, David, and others like it, the American people have no prayer, have no, no way of getting the real story. You know, there's a story I'd, I'd like to just tell, and it's about these two uh, devoted uh, Russiagate uh, people uh, who got up to heaven. They died and went up to heaven. So St. Peter, oh, St. Peter, okay, finally, go ask God about the Russian interference in the election. And and. Uh, and St. Peter says, okay, he comes back five minutes later and says, you know, God says that the Russians had nothing to do with the 2016 election. And one of the guys turns to the other and he says, oh, bummer. God is in on this too. <laughs> God's working for Putin. God's <laughs> dropped in, in pay from the Kremlin. Well, yeah. Putin, really, really clever guy. Yeah. Yeah. We, Ray McGovern. Let me, let me tell you, this woman I was talking to, I said, you know, you've been brainwashed. And she said, no, no, I haven't been brainwashed. If I had been brainwashed, I would read about it in the New York Times. <laughs> <laughs> well, that proves it. Uh, wait, with, with one minute left, Ray McGovern, uh, where would we be in terms of support for NATO and wars and buildup of weapons around Russia without uh, this Russiagate madness? I mean, there is something of a dangerous side effect here, isn't there? There is indeed, and people seem totally oblivious to the dangers here, all except Putin and Lavrov and the other people who are trying to rein this, this, this administration in. Uh, I'll just close by saying we are fortunate indeed to have some sang-froid, some, some, some realism and some reticence on the part of our supposed uh, opponents in Russia. And the big sea change, of course, is that it's not just Russia, it's Russia and China 
we are the short end of the stick now, and there's no no sense that I can get from any of the pronouncements from the White House that they even realize that that is a real problem. No question. We, we've been speaking with Ray McGovern. You can find his work at raymcgovern.com, and his recent article at antiwar.com is called The Guardian Regurgitating the Russia Gate Canard. Ray McGovern, thank you very, very much for coming on Talk World Radio. Always a pleasure, David. Thanks very much. This is Talk World Radio. I'm David Swanson. Take action at rootsaction.org. Help end war at worldbeyondwar.org. Read or listen to today's Peace Almanac entry at peacealmanac.org. All past shows can be heard at talkworldradio.org. Talk World Radio is produced in Charlottesville, Virginia, and syndicated by Pacifica Network. There is no way to peace. Peace is the way.